All right, welcome back to another EDU podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm Ty. And today we're going to talk about digital citizenship, kind of what that is, how we define it, and what we can do as teachers, adults, or leaders in our community and kind of help our students recognize the importance of it. Uh, today we do have Emily on or with us. She's going to be our guest and she's going to talk about this. She has some, a, little bit of, a little bit more insight into this than we, than we might have. Hey guys, I'm Emily. I am an instructional technology facilitator with Jack and Ty, and I have elementary, middle, and high school kind of all over the board. Um, I love Disney World. Everybody that knows me <laughs> needs to know that about me. And so, a lot of things um, that I relate to when I'm in when I'm in classes or whatever always have to do with a Disney clip or a Disney saying, or like I told Jack that he reminds me of Carl from Up. Um, being the old man that yells at people on their yard. I'm oh, you know what? We're going to post a picture in the show notes on that. Of that. I'm going to be really honest. When you said Carl, I had no clue what you were talking about. What a shame. What a I shame. Don't, I've never seen Up. It's the, so, guy, it's the one with the balloons, right? Yes. Okay, good job. We go. yeah, so when it comes to digital citizenship, we really feel like Emily has a lot of valuable insight. She's been working on it a lot at her uh, one of her campuses this year. And so we really thought she'd be a good addition to kind of share what she's learned and what she's doing to give you guys some tips on, um, on, on how we can improve our digital citizenship. So Jack is going to lead us off with his definition. I absolutely love these like arbitrary definitions from the internet. <laughs> But this one um, is not really digital, digital citizenship. It's just about citizenship in general. So citizenship is formally defined as the quality of an individual's response to membership in a community. This makes citizenship far more complex than a simple legal matter, but rather one that consists of self-knowledge, interaction, and intimate knowledge of a place, its people, and its cultural history. So being a citizen essentially means being a member of that community and how you are going to treat the other people around you. Uh, and when we tie that into digital citizenship, we really want to talk about not necessarily... We, li we do live in a community, a smaller community, but the internet is a vast, large community. Mm -hmm. and a global kinda, community. It's a global Absolutely. community, yeah, of course. And so how do we present ourselves out there? Uh, and how do we teach our students a, a, a proper way to present themselves? Or, you know, in, in any aspect, you could tie it back to, you know, you're branding yourself in a moment you touch the internet, you're branding yourself. Right. Yeah. So in terms of education uh, for us, we have some beliefs, right? We have some beliefs that we want for our teachers and learners and what we want to see in our classroom. And so what we hope for our teachers is that we model and we encourage discussions that are related to positive and responsible digital interactions. And then we also believe that teachers should be providing instruction on digital responsibility within the context of learning. And so uh, what that means is then our kids would hopefully understand the permanent nature of digital content. And we hope that from that, that our kids can just learn how to uh, use digital content responsibly. Yeah. One thing that we've kind of focused on this year at my school is the context context of learning piece because we don't want it to become another thing or the kids to think, oh, this is our lesson for the day or this is what we have to do here, but really just it becoming as natural as possible um, into our teaching, the kids learning, and then when they leave school, what that looks like through their social media or digital citizenship. And so you focus on this at more of the middle level than ele elementary and high school, right? Um, yeah, it's our focus for sure at our, at our middle school. Um, and we'll get more into kind of what led that us to that and the different case studies that we did this year. But also the upper elementary school, we try to start at like third grade at my, at my elementary school 
just because we know they're getting the cell phones and we know they're not supposed to be, but they're getting the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter accounts. Um, and so we're trying to be proactive, trying to teach them before it's too late. Yeah. So let's kind of talk about why we think digital citizenship is needed. Yeah. What, what When we talk about digital citizenship, we really want to kind of address those. It's really hard for, it's really hard for our students to see the bigger picture, right? Yeah. They see the Snapchat of this day. I have this account, this Instagram or whatever is popular on the internet. They see that as mm-hmm. their kind of, their thing in the moment they're going to focus on, right? I mean, I'm sure as teachers, we've all, every year we have those things in class, whether it's a fidget spinner, um, a piece of music or some sort of social media that um, I remember, oh my God, it was like two, three, was it three or four years ago. All I heard was 21. All I heard oh was that gosh. vine. But it was just yep. those things our students were focusing on. And not to say that it's bad for not, them not to focus on things they like, but you know, even that the 20, the example with the 21, I mean, it's kind, it's kind of a negative vine for big time. I mean, the kids, you know, there's obviously some physical stuff in there, but really we want our students to understand that. So did, what, why is digitalship needed? Um, well, I think, I mean, like you're talking about through music and movies and the internet. I mean, it's hard. Our kids are being taught by celebrities and what they're hearing in music as to what's appropriate to post or not. I mean, I think you're talking about 21. I think Mm. like the picture that Ariana Grande posted of licking a donut a few years ago, like our kids are being taught that that's okay. And it's not just through social media. It's also on the news and on the TV of being basically told over and over and over again that it's okay to behave that way well and not just saying that it's okay but what's socially acceptable Mm -hmm. right because how many of us are willing to stand up and say hey you know and and go against something right and Mm -hmm. say that it's um it's inappropriate it's unacceptable but we're more than likely just kind of um more apt to ignore it yeah and uh and i think that we could do a better job of addressing it yeah and i think our kids need to realize like this past year and when we went to TCA, one of the big aha moments for me was I was in a session and the lady leading it said, my daughter's 16. She went on her first date. Her boyfriend now went came to the front door and she said, hey, when y'all leave, I'm going to look at your social media. So what am I going to find? You know, like before then, the parents just had to trust that if you behaved appropriately in front of them, then, oh, you're a good guy, you're a good girl or whatever. And now, like, even the parents are growing up in that digital age and we may be behind a little bit as far as compared to the kids but the parents at least have an idea of how to stalk you per se um and figure out what you're about yeah and i would you know you you talked about being the first generation to kind of really i mean we as i know and i hate to call myself a millennial which i guess i call in that category but um we're starting to, you know, have children and even some of us that had children a little earlier starting to have kids that are that are really growing up with social media. Um, and you said like, you know, your parents had to trust you back, you know, back in the day, right? Your parents had to <laughs> your parents had to trust you. In the nineties. In the nineties, yes. No, we took the nineties for granted. Don't be don't be we took them not for granted. They were a sweet time. Um, but in it's kind of almost like an out of sight, out of mind thing, right? If you don't know yeah. what's going on, you're a little bit happier as a parent. But now there's um, there's been a huge shift in parenting as, as well, um, including social media. I mean, I, I can definitely uh, – it has its uses. It's very, it is very useful, right? It's useful to see what your kids are doing. I know that there are some daycares or some places that are in, interacting socially with parents digitally now. Yeah. Like you can see what your kids are doing, which is – that's amazing, mm-hmm. right? That's an incredible thing. I know back in the 90s, yeah, your mom just had to walk in and see if you were <laughs> if you were asleep in your crib. Right now you have video, you have audio, you have all these yeah. things that you can use to really be uh, great. But it's 
um, how do you, how do you, and what the, I guess the biggest question I want to ask is how do you impart those, those behaviors that are concrete or good for the community? How do you impart those on, on, on a young child? I mean, and you both have young children, so I kind of get your, uh, get your perspective on that. For me, I think one, you have to model it. So Mm -hmm. when I'm on my phone um, and my kids are around, they definitely want to see what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, My daughter actually took a pretty funny picture of her and she begged me not to post that. I'm like, no, it's so cute. It's but she didn't think so. Mm -hmm. But even at nine, she understands that potentially the whole world can see this picture that I'm posting out there and what that means. And so I think having those conversations is extremely important. Um, But that's one fear I have as parents is because at some point I feel like I will fall behind the learning curve. Mm -hmm. And um, because there's definitely spaces I'm not in, I've tried to get on the Snapchat train. I can't do it. I'm just not there. And and I I don't think that, you know, I'm going to go there, but that's scary to me because I know, um, I know what kids are doing there, um, but at the same time, too, I think it's important to think of those tools, think of those outlets, and use them in positive ways, and um, kind of uh, show how they can, um, I don't know, be used for good. Absolutely. I think for us um, at our middle school is we realized that when we're talking about unacceptable or inappropriate um the kids didn't really understand what that meant so we changed it to respectable use um are you using your social media or creating your digital footprint in a respectable way where people would want to be a part of who you are Uh, and that's helped a lot but it comes like you said it comes from modeling and the um the examples and things like that that we're doing as a teacher you know, or a parent or grandparents or aunt, uncle, whatever. Like we have to create that positive environment for the kids to see. So let's take, uh, let's think of what we think the perfect example is, right? What do we think the perfect digital citizen looks like? What do we want to see in that? So I guess ideally I'd like to see someone that is, um, and I kind of make a side note too. I think there is another like, there's little other aspects of digital citizenship. Like you can obviously, um, you cannot be the one that's posting inappropriate or what was the other word? Inappropriate stuff. I can't remember the other word. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. You can be the one that, but you can, but you could be liking that stuff. And like, even on Instagram, you can see what people like. So that's just kind of another like side note. Definitely some celebrities have gotten show for that. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And like last week, perfect example, I was tagged in a Twitter post of, something and I contacted that person and I was like I don't even want to be tagged in that I'm sorry like you may be doing great things but the picture kind of shows differently and I don't want to be associated with that and we have to teach our kids that that's okay to reach out to someone and say untag me but how scary that people can just tag you in whatever they want oh, yeah that terrifying. that obviously is kind of true but anyway the perfect digital citizenship I would say from my viewpoint I think the perfect digital citizenship uh, did digital citizenship uh, person is uh, really posting some positive messages or positive things about their life, you know, not necessarily just the highlights or just the new car or whatever, but really posting positive, uh, positive stuff, you know, how they've gone through things. Um, I would also say that they are staying away from like liking inappropriate things. Um, 
and especially in you know the educational world you kind of have to I, I think it would be cooler if more job not made it cooler but I think it would be cooler if more jobs were like on board with creating a did yourself a digital way you know what I'm saying like we in education we have to maintain a, a, a digital way for ourselves a digital footprint for ourselves a certain one versus there are a lot of jobs where you can kind of do whatever you want which I think kind of maybe opens the floodgates for negative behavior sometimes I think also the perfect digital citizen one is hireable, like what you were saying. Hireable, I mean, yeah. If I look on it and I think I don't want you representing who I, like my company as a person, then no. Um, and then as well as just, I don't know, being an example of, I don't, for me, I mean, it's hard being an example of a good citizen, I guess. I don't know what that looks like or but it, it could be like a good, the specifics behind it. It could be a good citizen. It could be a good citizen. I mean, and I think that good citizen or good digital citizen creates that pressure, right? Like the people across the street from me, I mean, their lawn is immaculate all the time. Mm-hmm. It pressures me to keep my lawn mowed and keep my lawn looking good. Yeah. That's why I hired a guy. <laughs> but, it can't, you know, those, I see them and I see what they're doing. Um, it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses, but it's like a good way to keep up. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like a good way to keep up with them. Not necessarily that I'm going to do crazy stuff with them, but if I see good people, I want to do good things. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I, I think, though, that there is... Um, People tend to only show what they want other people to see and what's going on in their life. And so I think being a good digital citizen also shows some of the low points. Um, It shows maybe um, tough times that maybe you've come through. Maybe it shows uh, some learning experiences and how you came out better on the other end of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really... I think I'm passionate about um, our middle and high schoolers starting to um, somewhat brand themselves and really developing um, what they're about, what they're passionate about, what they are good at. And kind of, I I wish that they would use their social media and their outlets to reflect that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it's scary for them, not scary, but they're so against using their social media for learning or for educational purposes, but they're so quick to. No, I think that um, that's you're, you're you're right. It's it's easy to follow. Um, it's easy to follow what the majority of people are doing, and I think that honestly, I mean, I you know, I could be wrong totally, but I think the majority of social media is somewhat negative. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I was thinking just now, branding themselves. You look at not going off the negative, but you look at like Selena Gomez. She's the top Instagram followed person. Or, Seriously? Yeah. Selena Gomez has the most followers of anybody on Instagram. She's not put out anything new in two years, mm. you know, but she's able to stay relevant because she is authentic. She shares her ups, downs, all arounds and does it in a graceful and respectable way. And I think people want that. I mean, they see the perfect life on Instagram, Facebook, wherever, but they want somebody that says, hey, I went through this and I'm still positive or I went through this and I still have hope. And I know like as parents, or as teachers, we we don't want our, I guess we don't maybe think about or want our students to be like getting some of their um, 
ways they do things from celebrities and stuff, but that's the reality, right? I mean, if you, t- if you, as a teacher, you can be up there, or as a parent, you can, like, you know, you shouldn't post this stuff, but who are they going to listen to, popular culture? But, know, we, we talked about context uh, last time. Yeah. And so all of that is helping build our kids and build our perception about other people and about the world, and we definitely take into account everything that's out there online. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the one, one of the biggest ones I think of in the last uh, year or so that, I think is a direct reflection of digital citizenship was Kevin Hart. He um, was supposed to do the Oscars, but somebody dug up tweets from 2012 and he lost that job. Mm -hmm. And he had to go on and on apologizing for tweets he did, what, seven years ago? Yeah, and you know what? That goes actually back to one of our student behaviors is that we want our kids to understand the permanent nature of digital content. It's not going away, right? It's going to follow us. And so if we know and understand that, then what if we purposefully put things out there um, that can stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think too, a lot of times it's, it's, it's curating, it's curating behaviors. Like take, you know, my, for self, for example, uh, Amazon, right? What if I want something, I put it in the Amazon cart for 24 hours and I come back to it the next day, a tweet or an Instagram post or something could be like that. You can do the post, save it as a draft, mm-hmm. come back 24 hours later. Do you still want to post this? And as a parent, that could be something that you're modeling from your kids. This, you know, and I also think too, um, as important as it is for our students to be posting responsibly, it is 10 times more important for our parents oh, yeah. to be posting responsibly. Parents and teachers. Parents, and that yeah, teachers. Talk, I Community mean, we leaders. We can kind of segue into and something that I've had long conversations about this year is whose responsibility is it to teach our kids what a good digital citizenship looks like? If the parents aren't doing it or if the teachers aren't doing it, Who's resp- I mean, who teaches that? That's a really philosophical question, right? Like, whose responsibility is this? Yeah, well, when I think about uh, for us at school, um, right, at working in instructional technology, then obviously we're working with teachers and students who are doing things online. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in fact, uh, everything that we do, pretty much, it, it oh, involves yeah. the digital world. And so... Um, I take it as a personal responsibility that whenever we have kids uh, working online that we are obligated to talk about um, our expectations, what we do, what we don't do, mm-hmm. why we do that. Um, but a lot of times we either forget or we run out of time. And I think we need to um, be intentional about um, planning in those that time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I 100% think, um, you know, as far as like, you know, we referenced the 90s earlier, right? And I, and I, I love the 90s. That's my, Were you like two in the 90s? Uh, I, I mean, I 87, and then, you know, I was 10 or 10-ish. You know, I got to see all the fun cartoons and stuff. Regrets. But Yeah, I got to see all those. <laughs> but I think back to, you know, I, I, you know, I know that in that time, the early 2000s, you know, you were just getting online. It was just getting online to look at websites or whatever, look up something. It, what, you weren't leaving a footprint behind, I don't think, in the 90s. I mean, no one's going to look up what I did in 1999, right? What, what was the first thing you looked up on the internet? Do you remember? Uh, I, I had friends who had, um, aim chat Yeah. and I got on aim chat okay. cause I, cause I had friends that were talking. What was your username on aim? I remember? cannot remember. Oh. It was so long uh, ago. Hey Disney fan, you want to know mine? What? T-I double gut or all spelled out. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like 16 characters. It was outrageous. Mine was one tall glass of H2O. <laughs> That's epic. So, yes. Cause I was the tallest in my class and. Everybody called me one tall glass of water. So there you go. um, The first thing that I looked up on the internet, I remember I was in the fourth grade and I was at a a friend's house and her dad was like, hey, check this out. And we looked up the weather 
for the, the weather forecast <laughs> and we were blown away That's because <laughs> we could see that on a computer dude i you know and <laughs> i don't have to wait till weather on the eight That's what right. <laughs> I, com- I completely remember going to school the next day and people would be like hey uh you know i tried to call you last night you uh, your phone was busy i was on the internet i know we had two phone lines because my mom worked for the phone company and so we could use the internet and people could call us at the same time that we was were far, like, far beyond what so i was going with i, I want to ask a serious question because you know, if we think that it's our job here as teachers to do that, me as a parent, I definitely think it's my job as a parent to, to teach that at home too. But what do we do with um, those parents who aren't at home, right? They might be working and or they're kids just are bad home. examples, right? Or yeah, maybe they're not the best example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we combat that? You know, we might have parents who deeply care about you know teaching their kids um, to be responsible online. But they're just simply not there. Do you guys have any tips on what they could do? I would definitely say that from the moment um, you are, you know, you, your child starts using devices, you know, however young you choose, it's totally your choice. But however young um, that they start seeing, you know, what you're posting, you know, try to monitor what. And I know it's difficult because they go to a friend's house and they sign up for a Facebook and I would just say, you know, really try to create that openness. I think it's a more about a bond, like with your with your oh, child, yeah. right? I mean, you know, I had, I know I was pretty open with my parents about, you know, stuff like that. And it wasn't ever an issue for me. But I know there are kids that feel like they have to hide stuff from their parents. Um, and that kind of might be something that, um, something that kind of, that might be a couple issues to address in one thing. You know, why, why do you feel that need? But Well, stay open to talk about open, it. Yes. Even if you don't necessarily understand what all they could be doing, mm-hmm. maybe I'm, just asking some basic questions. And I would say too, it's, it's one of those, um, one of those methodologies of, of you really want to cultivate if, whether you're a teacher, a parent, whatever, it's all about that relationship piece. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and set the boundaries and set the consequences. I know so many parents that find out things that's already happened and their immediate reaction is, you can't have that anymore. Well, that's not going to fix anything with our middle school, high schoolers, elementary schoolers. All they're going to do is find a way to go behind your back and do it. And so I feel like as parents, is you have to sit them down and explain to them why that wasn't okay to post. You know, and have that conversation. No, I 100% think that, especially with anyone in life, if you explain to them, you know, and and explain things uh, pretty simply, hopefully it gets through. But the other point I was going to say is it's a lot easier as a parent to be proactive versus reactive. Absolutely. So let's say your child is 11 and everyone's got a cell phone, they're begging you for that one. Mm -hmm. That's a choice you need to make, you know, as a family. Is this is my child responsible enough for that? And I, I would argue that no 11-year-old is probably responsible enough for a cell phone. But We're, we're fighting that battle right now yeah, with the 9-year-old because, you yes. know, I go in and send her to school, and before school starts, every single kid waiting in that cafeteria is on a phone, and they're playing Fortnite. And oh, nine years old, and man. And one, I don't think I want her to have a phone at school, and two, I definitely don't want her playing Fortnite. Yeah. So, you know, think about how then she feels right she's immediately yeah. left out mm-hmm. she immediately is not the cool kid right yep. and and so and as a parent like that bothers me because i don't want you know her feeling bad or being put down so the conversations that i have to have with her it's it's unchartered so, I, I i just try my best so i'll go off that one so what wh- what's your consensus on that so she's nine right like nine years old so what do you what did, what age are you thinking you as a parent you would be giving her a cell phone well, 
so she has a phone. Our, our kids have a nine and five year old. They get our old phones, right? So yeah. um, they can connect to the internet or they can play their games offline or whatever. Um, but they definitely don't have phone service. So we've talked about this. Like at what point does she need phone service? And I mean, for right now, elementary school, sixth grade, she does not need no. it whatsoever. Um, and we made it all the way through the 90s without you it. You know, and so, so I, <laughs> exactly, grade, baby. <laughs> First one in my eighth grade class Man, with a cell phone. I didn't get it. Must be nice. I, I survived. 16. Man, I had to wait till I was 18. I was going to college and mm. I asked my mom. You're older than hey, me, though. Hey, do you want to. <laughs> not much, not much, not much. <laughs> Don't you want to talk to me when I go to college? And they're She's like, like, yeah, ah. I guess. So I guess I had to get a cell phone, but you know. I don't know until she starts driving and is on her own a lot. I, I honestly don't see the need for her to have one. Just get her a beeper. And oh man, those are great. <laughs> the uh, and what and and again, proactive, reactive, kind of some of the th- things there are. You know, if you are trying to teach your child to be a great digital citizen, uh, citizen, if you start, say they get a phone at fourteen, right? We'll just use an arbitrary age fourteen. If the phone stays with you at night. That, if you start that from day one, that's the expectation. Right. If they're 16 and you do it, it's going to be an uphill battle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's about being proactive. And um, look at what I would say is look at your digital footprint. Look at who the people around you are, right? We, we, yeah. we surround ourselves with these people. Look at what they're doing. Look at if you have friends that have kids, you know, make sure make a um, I would say look at them like almost like a science study. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? And is this the kind of environment that I want mm-hmm. my ch- or my child being cultivated in? They're learning their yeah. digital citizenshipness. It's not really a word. One but. thing that's uh, been challenge- challenging for me, not necessarily the kids, but on Saturdays, it's no device Saturday. They don't get anything. Screenless um, Saturday. And so yeah, so they, I mean, they could get the TV and maybe watch a movie, mm-hmm. but as far as a phone, iPad, or computer, they don't get that. But it's very difficult because on Saturday, like that's my time to relax, that's my downtime, and I feel guilty, right, when I pull my phone out and I'm on it, and they can't be, and I've just told them, you know, you can't be on it. Do you have to like print directions out from MapQuest? <laughs> How do you get anywhere on a Saturday with without Google Maps? <laughs> Do you have to print directions out? No. <laughs> I don't know how you get anywhere. <laughs> you don't remember? I remember those days in the night you had to print out directions. Okay, yeah. I According did that. to this piece of paper, <laughs> I need it's to gonna go. take us eight <laughs> hours and 47 <laughs> minutes and. 35,000 steps to get to where we but, need to be. But that's a that's a great, uh, I think, a great thing to think about. So I want to talk about, uh, Emily, and this, we're going to call it a case study. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, uh, they wanted to focus on digital citizenship. And so you guys um, needed to collect some data, yes. right? To, so kind of tell us about uh, what you looked into and what you found out in regards to digital citizenship. So we sent all of our students through the announcements um, a link to take a Google form, um, not quiz, a Google form survey, (laughs) and it was just questions. We didn't ask for their name. We didn't ask for their grade level. Like, we wanted it to be completely anonymous. And we had almost 80% of our campus take it and send it back to us. And out of that 80%, um, I'll tell you that the results were like, jaw-dropping shocking so how uh like how many 80 percent is oh we have 1200 students so a lot of responses Mm -hmm. here over 900 yeah that's a lot so 960 um ish but so our results were shocking and it kind of proved to the teachers because when you go to the teachers and you say hey all year long we're going to be focusing on digital citizenship they're like oh 
Um, but when we take these four um, statistics that I'm going to share with you and take them to them and say, this is why we're doing it. Every single teacher has been on board all year long. Um, so, and the principals and everyone. So, um, out of that case study, we found that 60% of students had never heard of the term digital citizenship, which for me as a technology facilitator is shocking because we purposefully um, train our teachers every year on the importance of teaching that to their kids. And so that meant that either the kids weren't listening or however that teachers were presenting it, just they didn't find value in it. But more than 60% had never heard of the term digital citizenship. Um, more than 50% thought it was safer to send inappropriate content privately online than in person or on a public platform. So you mean like a DM or something on Snapchat? Yeah. Okay. So they thought it was safer to send it through some kind of private messaging. Um, we'll talk about inappropriate here in a second because when we got into digital citizenship and realized what their idea of inappropriate was, which is basically like sex, drugs, alcohol, then that was even more shocking to me. Um, 43% of students admitted to sending inappropriate text or s pictures through a digital platform. So you're talking over 400 kids, of, 500 kids of this school um, had admitted to sending that. And then 23% of students admitted that they would not report activity that they saw online I'm sorry, not report unsafe activity that they saw online to an administrator, teacher, or trusted adult. The last one kind of is interesting to me because I think it's, you know, as teachers, we are constantly, and counselors, we were constantly promoting, you know, report this stuff, reports, see but you have... See something, say something. Yeah, see something, mm -hmm. say something. Um, I know what my campus is, we are big proponents of, of reporting this stuff, but so 23% just would not, re not report anything. Would well, not. and it's not just they wouldn't report inappropriate things it's unsafe things. unsafe things That's what's and scary. we gave the examples of a fight of a school shooting of i mean we gave the examples to the students and so for 23 percent of them to say nah not gonna worry about it in the day and age that we are made me feel unsafe even as a teacher or you know facilitator at that campus because that i mean that freaked me out of almost a quarter of our students would let that go by. I think it's one of those things like it's out of sight, out of mind, right? Mm -hmm. It's not real yet. Like, Absolutely. Like if you were sending inappropriate or DMs or whatever and nothing ever happens mm -hmm. to you, it's, it's one of those things like, uh, what's it? I, I got to learn things the hard way. Mm -hmm. That's like a perfect example yeah. of I'm just going to learn these the hard way. And I, I don't know that there's people out here. I mean, we're not naive that it's mm -hmm. going on, right? We know that kids are sending inappropriate things, that they're doing inappropriate things, that... You know, we know it's bad, oh, yeah. but you, we didn't know, we didn't really have data or tangible things, right, mm -hmm. to, of how bad it was. So um, you got that data. What was your, not reaction, but what was your next step? What did you want to do? So our next step was taking it to teachers. Um, and this was the second week of August. And we're at a campus that everybody, every kid is new to this campus this year. Um, sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, all the teachers, every single person was brand new to, to this campus. And so we wanted to set a culture quick of um, staying positive, being positive, and then like creating that safety around us when it came to digital citizenship. And so we took it immediately to the teachers. Um, the second week of August showed them kind of gave them an outline of just what we were asking them to do when it came to digital citizenship. Really quick, um, one to two minute 
conversations and then cycling that back in to their announcements and circle time each day. And then we turned around and gave it to the students. Um, every month we do a digital um, design challenge, which has something to do with digital citizenship. So my favorite was we did um, what we called Leaf Your Mark. And so our students um, got on social media and had to take screenshots of their social media platform and create their digital leaf. Um, and some of the kids wouldn't turn theirs in. They're like, I only have like one picture that shows I'm a good person and I don't want that out there, you know? And so it, our purpose was not to shame the kids. It was to get them to realize like, you don't have five or six things that you can make into a cute collage and post about yourself, you know, of how positive or how nice you are on, you know, social media. Man, that, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm a huge proponent of, you know, positivity and Mm -hmm. I I don't, I don't want to hear, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy, I want to block out everything negative. Mm -hmm. If somebody's negative in my life, get them away from me as quick as possible. I don't want to talk to them. Is that why your social media is non-existent? Yeah, I don't, it's, to me, it's, there are, um, there are different ways you can use social media, but for me, I just, I like to block it all out and I like to focus on my goals and what I'm doing. But Mm -hmm. the point or the part that you mentioned that really, um, kind of hit me was that they couldn't they couldn't have one or two things yeah. and they're probably constantly on the i mean how, what's the average instagram time now i mean it's got to be in the hours right i think it's probably oh, replaced yeah. that of yeah tv i mean it's got to be you kids are being if you don't have so you're on this thing hours and hours and hours a day mm-hmm. and you don't have one or two things yeah. that you can't post with yourself yeah. i mean that that just shows right there that probably that student probably um could use a little more positivity in their lives <laughs> i think well and what's sad is i mean one of the kids that had the conversation with me is an amazing kid. Like, I sit and talk to him. He talks about how he gets his news on Snapchat. And then if he doesn't think that it's right, he'll go and research to see if the news is right. I mean, that's where our kids are getting information from, yeah. right? So we can have these great conversations. He's a good kid. He just falls into peer pressure of, I don't want to post a picture of me. Well, Or, I don't, or being nice to somebody I, or whatever. I also, I also think it's kind of... Um, I don't know if you guys ever changed schools when you were younger, but when I changed schools and I always saw it as an opportunity to, I can do, no, they don't know me, right? I can mm-hmm. be. Rebrand so yourself. Rebrand myself. And you know, I'll use that 2019 term, rebrand myself, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I almost think that's what our kids are kind of see it as. Like, this is me in the real world and mm-hmm. this is me on the internet. Yeah. You know, and there's, um, I mean, there are, they're starting to pop up a lot of documentaries about the effects of social media on people. Yeah. There's a couple on Netflix right now that are pretty powerful. Um, and it's, it's honestly, man, it's, it's kind of terrifying to be honest. I mean, I think it is uh, social media is, and it's just driving force in a lot of, uh, these behaviors that, I mean, these, these behaviors weren't here 20, 30 years oh, ago. No. Right. Well, I mean, and that's what we that have stuff. to keep in mind as well as, as adults that think, Oh my gosh, like we didn't experience any of this in middle school and high school. And how, how many adults have no clue how to handle it because they don't have, I mean, my dad, he, he, he posted the, the first picture he posted in a year was of his new Harley. I mean, he does not post. <laughs> yeah. And so he, I mean, if, and he has a seven year old grandson and he, I don't think he's equipped. I mean, he doesn't, he's not on social media. So I don't think he's equipped to handle digital, digital citizenship. Yeah. He doesn't get on the internet. I mean, he plays games and that's about it, but he doesn't ever like do anything on mm-hmm. the internet. Yeah. I mean, I got my Facebook account in 2008, graduating from high school and going to college and when you get like the Facebook memories 
that pop up i'm like why did i ever post this like <laughs> delete yeah. delete what am i doing with my life that's cute i actually had to have a college email address in order to get I on know. The facebook so not me I, i'm your resident uh, <laughs> old person uh somebody i was at somebody's house one night and they signed me up for that's it how <laughs> that's how i got on facebook i had a friend he's like you you got to try this i was like yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> got on it I think, go ahead. Well, you know, we talked about how, um, you know, the importance of parents having conversations with kids and being open and having those relationships. And Emily, you touched on it that um, with those kids is they're pretty good kids, right? Mm -hmm. And so when when you talk to them about it, they'll be real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll be very real and probably overshare a little bit too much, actually. If they trust you, absolutely. Yeah, if they trust you. And Mm -hmm. so um, that's why I think, as educators, we uh, do have a bit of an obligation to um, to build those relationships, but also um, make sure that we're talking about digital citizenship too. Yeah. I, think, I think one of the things we also need to be doing is telling, um, whether it's a teacher, parent, community member, whatever, promoting the real you. Because I think a lot of people mm-hmm. see social media now as, oh, that's just not real. Like, yeah. that's not really me. Mm-hmm. But why why how does it how did it go from myspace top eight right how did it go from there to yeah you like that one it's a good one i never made any movies top eight i never either but how did it go from this niche kind of thing where oh it's cool to look up music and cool to do things to well that's not the real me that's just an online like how did we get or what i guess i'm trying to say is i think that promoting as a teacher leader community member Post the real you. Who are you oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I think that's a, a good challenge is the person you are online and in your social media, if you meet those people face-to-face, are you going to be the same person? Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. going to have the same interests? Are you even going to have the same look, right? Are you going to have or, the same name? Yeah, do you have the same <laughs> name? the same name, yeah. Yeah, do you, um, you know, are you real? Is that really who you are? I mean, I think it's even gone like crazy step further where i mean it's there's definitely been a lot of people that have uh that have been caught doing this but they're all they're they're photoshopping pictures before they even go up mm-hmm. so you're literally creating an avatar of who you really are oh, that's what, what f- filters, filters are right that's what filters are exactly so Got i mean we're fil- living life through a, a, filter a filtered world and it's just one of those things man i think that um so that was we talked about your solutions that you came up with um so one of the things we do want to talk about also is talk with students and listen um do you think y- and this is a good question, Wes. Do you think your generation can build an internet that's kinder and more positive than the environments some adults have created for themselves? Yeah, that's a question we asked our middle schoolers. We have circle time during um, our homeroom fourth period every day. And we try to ask questions like this because it's eye-opening for the teachers. They come back after a question like that is answered and they're like, what has my generation done when it comes to social media? Like, I mean... Yeah. And then the next one, like, do you think some kids start bullying or making unkind comments because they see adults around them doing the same thing? Yep. Like, that was the answer. They do? Oh, yeah. Because they get on social media and they follow two or three accounts and they see all these people are adults acting like crazy, you know, fools. And it's it goes back to that modeling of what we want to see. They're seeing that being modeled for them, that it's okay to be rude or make these snarky comments because you're just a keyboard warrior behind a screen name. Can can you think of um, a good place for teachers to get some of these prompts or like question starters? Uh, Do you have any good resources for that? We can put them in the show notes. Yeah, we can put them in the show notes. I have, um, I have different slides and things. We did a whole week of digital citizenship 
um, like a focus for Digital Citizenship Week, yeah. and I have probably twenty or thirty questions that we can ask. How about much? That. How much energy must it take to sit behind a keyboard and be like, oh, "I'm gonna hate oh, on this person. I'm gonna do this." I'm like, what energy? Like, how? Think about like how yeah. negative that energy is to sit yeah. there. Like, and even if you go into a, you know, I'm a. While I'm not that big on social media, I'm absolutely addicted to YouTube, okay? <laughs> and if you go into any video, it could be the most positive video of you see of your life. And the comment section is just, yeah. and they're just putting negativity out there, and they're just putting things out there that they would never say or do in real life. Oh, yeah. Never. I know. I Perfect example, my little Disney Facebook page that I follow. Um, last night, someone was asking about a hotel they could stay at. Like, what do you think about Pop Century Hotel? I was like, oh, my gosh, I love it. It's great. It's so fun. That's the hotel we stay at every time we go. And someone's like, that hotel's crappy. Like, why would you stay in a motel? And I'm like, they didn't ask. Like, they didn't ask you if you would or not. They and, just wanted to know. And those are the people that are, uh, you're, you know, you're, like, I, I think we're definitely, you know, talking about, even talking about digital citizenship, right? Using reviews mm-hmm. as a, that's a digital, that's part of your digital citizenship. Mm-hmm. Right. You, Teaching that, that, I mean, that, that really could, um, you know, make or break a mm-hmm. business. Yeah. You know, are there people out there who purposefully give bad reviews? I think there are. Oh, yeah. I know there are. I mean, or the I, only review when it is negative. Oh, exactly. You get mm-hmm. on Amazon and it's like this object has a one star and it looks great and all the reviews are negative. And you're like, well, what about the people that are buying it? Yeah. Like, what about the people that are do have positive like, experiences? And that makes me think, is there ever a time where we teach that skill, right, of doing that? No, not really. No. Being you know, positive, yeah. Right. So I think that's all in, um, you know, when we talk about how we communicate or com- just communicating with others to be positive, mm-hmm. to um, uh, to be real. That's one thing that we try and push at our middle school as well is how would you be a better role model for adults? What can you do? If all you're seeing is the negative things that the adults are doing if we, or, or if you don't like what adults are doing, what can you do to be an example for them? So, so. one of the questions I want to ask is what support – after you've done this at your campuses, what are, mm-hmm. what support systems have y'all put in place or have y'all reorganized to fully cover this this topic, this broad topic the way it should be covered? So one, we made it very, very simple. Um, there's five possible things that they can talk about. Not five possible things, but five things that we ask them to pick one and cover. So like one is family. Like, hey, we're a family. We're all safe here. If you find something uncomfortable online, tell an adult. It hits that 23% of students that said that they weren't going to report unsafe activity. Yeah. Um, we also have integrity. Um, give give credit to the people's work that it is, you know. Um, we have respect, meaning be nice to people, be respectful. Um, strength of character. So, um, same thing, like, as you're creating things on um on your digital platforms or using your digital footprint, then make sure that it's showing who you really are and having a strong strength of character. And then the last one that we have is teamwork. So anytime we are working together online, remember that we are going to respect each other's ideas, whether it be face-to-face or online, um, collaborating. So anytime a teacher starts a lesson, we just ask them, hey, to pick one of them and have a quick review over it. So it's not that we're sitting here giving them all these horrible ideas of what could possibly happen if you did this. It's just, hey, this is what we're going to do because this is our culture. And um, we're teaching you what it means to be a good citizen. And I guess one of the questions I have, too, is, you know, why do you think um, this topic is not brought up enough in, in our schools? 
think because when they think of digital citizenship, they think of it as one more thing. Yeah, I okay. think it, it's time. But I like, Emily, with your example is that um, it's part of what you do, mm-hmm. right? It's not viewed as something extra. It's, hey, we're already going to be working in this online space. Mm-hmm. That's just part of our regular everyday conversation. Yeah. And I, I mean, I definitely think it would be about establishing those norms early mm-hmm. on. I mean, you know, if you establish those habits mm-hmm. early on, you know, if your habit is to work out every day or work out whatever or do this or do this or do this, that is establishing those those habits early on yeah. and that they'll be a bit with you. I mean, if, I mean, what I think about is the eighth graders, they'll get one they may get, you know, I'll say this, if it's, I'll say this. If it's only at a middle school, they may get one good year with it, right? Mm-hmm. If it goes into high school, that's amazing. We can build, we have four more years to build on that student and, and pour into them as far as digital citizenship is concerned. But if it starts at elementary, it's 13 years. How incredible. That, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. And so, to to. you know, in our district, we put devices in the hands of four and five-year-olds. Absolutely. So, oh, you yeah. know, if, if we know that our five-year-olds are working, you know, in an online space, you know, whatever that may be, um, those conversations have to be, um, I guess, scaffolded to 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 their abilities, to their knowledge. Yeah, and I mean, you can have it at all levels. You know, I mean, we don't, we probably definitely don't want to start talking about social media, maybe at four and five year right, olds. Right, right. But you know, as we scaffold and as we move up, we can talk about. Um, you know, with four and five year olds, you can talk about how to use this device appropriately, correctly, right? Because they have, I mean. Um, I've never really handled, um, in my personal life, like kids with small devices, but I'm sure they, you know, things happen, they get angry, they drop them or whatever. They die on a game and drop it or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, I've seen my little, sure, ne- sure. I've seen my little nephew. He, he dropped it once and my mom kind of got, she freaked out. Right. She was an iPad, but, um, that's kind of where we want to go with this. I think the big idea of this whole podcast and the, one of the reasons we brought Emily on here is so she could share some of her data with us and share some of her expertise, expertise with implementing this on a campus-wide level. But the big idea is we should all be treating people, places, and spaces with respect. Mm-hmm. We should treat our community with respect, the internet, whatever. Treat And honestly, treat ourselves with respect. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest ones. It's it's one thing to not respect something in your community or something over, you know, whatever, a bad meal at a restaurant or whatever. But if you're not treating yourself with respect and representing yourself in the best light possible, um, that can be, I mean, it has, other than you not being hireable, people, your friends and family might not want to be around. Maybe, maybe like, that's not a person I want to associate myself with. We all change and grow up. And I know, uh, I know myself, I've, you know, people have come and gone in my life and some of them because of social media or because of this or because of that. But yeah, treat people, places, and spaces Spaces. with respect. Yeah, absolutely. All right, any last thoughts, Emily? I don't think so. I really enjoyed this. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you so much. And now you guys check out those show notes for those things that we mentioned. Yeah, we'll put some stuff in the show notes, um, as Ty just said. And thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Ty. And I'm Emily. Thank you.